This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. There is a lot of pressure on corporations these days to be environmentally responsible. It affects our image, our competitive advantage, and potentially the bottom line. If our company is to make the move and go fully green, how will it affect us? And will it be worthwhile in the long run? To answer those questions, Frank Deline. Frank, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is uh, such a contentious and, and p- political uh, kind of issue. Uh, I'm so glad that we're going to discuss this. Uh, first, why don't you just tell us, uh, you know, broad brush, is green the way to go or not? Absolutely. Um, it's what it's on the front of everybody's mind today. Uh, the consumers, uh, businesses, uh, we're hearing um, every day about a new business deciding to go carbon neutral, um, to go net zero energy, uh, to go renewable energy. Uh, that's that's happening. The consumer is looking at companies that are green. They're looking at companies that are environmentally responsible. Uh, and that pressure is, is bear, being bared on companies today to make the changes that that uh, uh, of 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 using wasteful energy that we have done in the past. Um, now, I believe that that going green for altruistic reasons, strictly altruistic reasons, uh, is not good enough. It's not going to get us far. Um, it'll only take us to a certain point. Uh, we need to be incentivize in other ways. The government has understood this because the government gives incentives to put up renewable energy, for example. Uh, and the the system I developed, Iceman, which is a market-based solution to climate change and the reduction of greenhouse gases, is, is a system that actually increases the profits of the business, which go, goes to the bottom line to increase profits. All right, well, and, let's, let's get to that in a couple of minutes. Let's, let's kind of stay on the global topic here and just talk about, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of cynicism and it sort of falls along the lines of right and left about whether or not these issues are even real and whether right. they're, they're, they're things that we should be even concerned about, uh, you know, it, whether the scientists are, have got it right. I mean, there just seems to be a lot of misunderstanding or, uh, you know, whatever it is. Could you help clear that up a little bit? And uh, first of all, are you a scientist, businessman? What are you exactly? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a businessman. Okay. So from your perspective, <clears throat> is this whole thing uh, a fad that's going to blow over? I mean, is it a, a long-term trend? I mean, well, I mean, where are we on this horizon so we can really kind of get our arms around this topic? Right. It, it breaks down really to two camps. Um, people who um, believe climate change is is something that's real, and then people who don't. Uh, and the people who don't uh, believe that climate change is affected by long-term weather patterns, um, there is data that supports that. And then there's also the data that supports the fact that burning fossil fuels from the beginning of the Industrial Revolution has increased carbon emissions and greenhouse gases within within our atmosphere, and we can measure that. So we've seen the increase in in carbon emissions 
Um, and we also understand that that long-term weather patterns do impact us. So I, I say it's not either or, right? Yeah. So it's not either you're, you know, in the camp with the meteorologist uh, that says long-term weather patterns. I believe both of them exist today. Uh, and it, they may be existing together. So we may be on a warming pattern um, from long-term weather patterns. And at the same time, uh, through global warming, temperatures are increasing because of CO2 emissions to the atmosphere. So, you know, it, it, it uh, seems to me, uh, I'm glad you bring that up because that's a very rational approach. I, I think the part of the polarization of our society is that it's always either or. And almost right. nothing on this planet is either or. It's always and, and, and. It's a whole bunch of things. There's probably 20 things going on. You mentioned two of them. Uh, those yeah. are the two that I happen to agree with. I think that the weather is probably changing, which is just normal. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and human beings are probably making it a little worse by our activities. But exactly the question right. that I have, you know, we talk about the, that we're polluting the planet. We're doing all this terrible stuff. And I remember that back in the 70s, we started talking about pollution and all the things. But... Mm -hmm. Two years ago, the pandemic starts. We're all confined to our houses. And I remember in about 20 days, the sky was a color I've never seen before. So and, and, and people said the canals in, in Italy were the color where like they've never seen before. And fish started coming back and grass started growing and all these things started happening. So uh, if human beings just took a sabbatical every every year or two, would this problem go away or, or what? What You know, well, actually, um, the amount of CO2, greenhouse gases in the atmosphere still increased. So even though you saw the sky clear up, that has to do with particulates in the atmosphere, pollution in the atmosphere that's caused by burning fossil fuels. However, the, the measurement of carbon dioxide in, in the atmosphere continued to go up. So even though we had this sabbatical, right, as you call it, uh, it did not improve, you know, what the cause of climate change is when it comes to human activities. So and the interesting thing about the two camps, you know, whether it's meteorological or or it's it's um, man-made climate change, we can't do anything about the long-term weather patterns, right, to impact that. That's going to happen. But we can do something about greenhouse gases and greenhouse burning fossil fuels. And we can ad adopt or adapt to renewable energy to reduce the burning of fossil fuels and reduce those uh, greenhouse gases. So, so one, one other question, I'm, I'm sorry to be a little, you know, That's cynical right. here because <laughs> I, I, I'm open to learning about this, but I just kind of have a sense that, you know, we get sold a bill of goods. So, so the United States goes on this very strict program and we start cutting back and we're doing all this stuff and we're telling our corporations how they got to run their affairs and China and India, they're they're blowing smoke like like we've never seen before. I mean, vast amounts of chemicals and gases and things that are enormously worse than what we do. Are we making any difference by the United States kind of pulling the reins back because these other countries are so terrible or or does it make a difference? You know, you you put your finger exactly on the problem. Uh, and that is we live under one atmosphere. So what we do here in the United States impacts China. What China does impacts us. So uh, the data shows that both Europe and the United States over the last few years were reducing their carbon emissions, except India and China's carbon emissions were increasing. So the net result was that there was an increase in carbon emissions. And and that's why this con this problem continues to fester, really. Uh, okay, so, so if those countries are uh, polluting 
Mm-hmm. And we're working hard on not polluting and it comes at a great cost. I mean, there's a, there's an economic cost. There's a regulatory cost. There's just all kind of costs involved in doing this. Right. I mean, that's why I'm saying, is it really worth it to be, uh, you know, less competitive in order to solve this problem? If we have competitors in the world that are not addressing the problem, then they get an advantage. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. Um, now, just like, okay, what, all right, let me stop a little bit there. Um, start over again. So <clears throat> the problem, the problem really comes down to um, everybody in the world participating. And that's what the UN has been trying to do. They've been trying to bring together all the countries in the world and they haven't really been that successful. So it is a problem. Now, the system I developed resolves that problem because it involves the measuring the carbon footprint of all manufactured products, no matter where they come from. So if they're coming from China, China will have to um, let us know what that carbon footprint is that 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 it took to create that product, uh, as well as we in the United States, in Europe, in India, no matter where that product comes from, uh, it, it would have to disclose what that is. And, and it really... It's it's allowing the consumer to make that choice whether they want to buy something that has a lower carbon footprint. It's like organic products, right? Very similar kind of thing. You put a label on products, it educates the consumer. Now the consumer can make that choice. Now that that consumer, that educated consumer, right, is put will be putting pressure on on the corporations, the manufacturers, to reduce their carbon footprint, and that will make. Corporations who do that will become more competitive than the corporations who don't. So it really is really the opposite way that as you were explaining it. Um, Are you saying, are you saying that uh, you've created kind of a score? Yes. Consumers then can say, I want to buy this product or not buy this product. Uh, That means that consumers have to learn about it. Then they have to buy into it. You know, and some people are going to say, I don't care about the score. And some people, you know, so, I mean, is it, uh, and then, is China going to even participate in that program? I mean, what if they don't uh, deliver, unless the federal government makes a rule that says all products have to be labeled like with nutritional labeling, this kind of, I mean, is there like a big process that you're going to have to put it through in order for that to happen? Well, it it is, it is an indexing system that's put on packaging uh, that indicates the carbon footprint. And I, I made it really simple. It's a one to a hundred and it's measuring the carbon footprint and basing it on the percentage of being carbon neutral. Once you do that, um, you can be 100% carbon neutral and and have an index of 100. You can be 50% carbon neutral, only halfway there, and it will indicate that. Now, we all believe in a free market society that that it's the consumer who who really makes that decision. They have the power, uh, and corporations are very concerned about that, right? So... um, to have a competitive advantage on on the product they're producing, they would have to adopt renewable energy to reduce their carbon footprint. But there's a financial benefit to that. So, in reducing and in, in adopting renewable energy, that financial benefit goes to the bottom line. So it's really not costing. Tell, tell us what what's the financial benefit. Tell us about. All what right. That so is. I'm going to give you a great example. Uh, if you put solar panels up on the roof of your house. Uh, in our market here on Long Island, we pay 22 cents per kilowatt hour for electricity. So um, 
the initial cost of that solar panel will pay back in seven years. So, but the lifespan of a solar panel is 30 to 40 years. So you're looking at 23 to 33 years of free electricity after that initial cost has been paid back. And that's what we do today, actually. Everything we do in green building, uh, we are looking at what that financial benefit is. What is that payback period from energy costs? You and know, I've, I've, I've always heard that those solar panels are made out of some material that has to be excavated. It's, it's very costly. It's very... Uh, polluting the way that they have to excavate these materials that it's made out of whatever the silica, whatever the material is, it's made of. I mean, is it really saving or is it just something that we feel good about, but we leave a bunch of garbage in another country? It's like, it's like electric cars. I mean, we have these batteries and I'm not arguing one way or the other. I really want to learn about this. I mean, I really want to understand are these solar panels net net really good? Are they just good for the consumers? And we leave a bunch of garbage in another country where, where they were made same thing with these cars. I mean, we may feel good about it, but do we really save energy in the aggregate? Yes. I mean, our mere existence in this world, uh, we have a negative impact on the environment, right? We, we have to admit that. So um, the, the issue is, what are we talking about here? So the discussion that we're having is about greenhouse gases. Um, there are other environmental issues, right, that that are impacted, like you said, by the making of solar panels. And also, if you look at electric cars, you know, lithium uh, and the mining of lithium is is has a, a huge uh, environmental impact. So um, I, I don't know if I, I can't solve all the environmental problems of the world. Um, I'm focusing on one of them, and that's carbon emissions. So and, and a burning of fossil fuels and addressing that issue. So um, the other environmental issues, you know, can be addressed and they are beginning, they will begin to be addressed as, you know, technology develops. And we're seeing that today, right? We're seeing even battery technology changing. We're going from a lithium ion to really a solid state battery. Now that's the future uh, of, of batteries. Uh, so, um, and then the, the making of solar panels, if use that as an example, the solar panels over the last 10 years have increased in efficiency tremendously. So, um, so that is really helping because that same solar panel and the material it took to make that solar panel may today, you know, be producing twice the amount of electricity than it did in the beginning. So those are the kind of things that kind of mitigate, you know, what other environmental impacts there are. And then we need to focus also on on other environmental issues, just like with fossil fuels, right? So with fossil fuels, you know, we have oil spills, right? We're, we're not only talking about the pollutants from burning fossil fuels, the carbon emissions from burning fossil fuels, but in the in the in the um, um, in in transport transporting of fossil fuels and bringing fossil fuels out of the ground. Um, there's environmental impacts there. I mean, you know, that's why this administration here wants to shut down, you know, all the oil wells in, in Alaska because of what they believe to be the environmental impact that it would have on, on these government lands where, where these wells were. So there are all kinds of impacts that, that, that we have on the environment. And, you know, we need to address, of course, we need to address them all, but, so, so let's is, talk there about is no, there is no silver bullet for everything. Yeah, you know? it's listen, I, and, and I don't mean to be um, antagonistic at all. That's I, no, I, no, I no, no, 
want to learn. You know what I mean? It's because it's a very right. polarizing kind of issue. And I think that you said it properly, that it's both that there is climate change. Naturally, that just happens. And I think if we call it human induced climate change there, that we're contributing exactly. to the problem, that's guaranteed, right. that, you know, but, but soda cattle and soda elephants and everybody contributes a little bit to, to the problem. So that's, I mean, that's, that's how it goes. Yeah. You know, so how do, how do companies tap into this? Uh, how do they make it part of their brand? I mean, we, we have this whole ESG movement, the environmental, social and governance kind of thing that, uh, you know, right now is uh, not regulatory, but it isn't long from now that it will, will be regulatory. And then it's a whole different ballgame. How do companies start to incorporate this, like, these changes into their brand uh, without losing their shirts and start to, you know, try to try to be a good citizen and make a little more money at the same time? It's already happening. So uh, if you just Google uh, companies going one one going um, carbon neutral, you'll come up with with um, a list of hundreds of companies that have already made the decision to go carbon neutral. So, and I'll tell you why this is happening. You know, it seems to be a new phenomenon here in the United States, but it really is not. In Europe, these companies, these middle market companies that that are in this country here, also produce products that are sold in Europe. Now, Europe, about, I would say, eight, 10 years ago, adopted what was called the Kyoto Protocol. And then the Kyoto Protocol brought on cap and trade. Now, cap and trade was defeated unanimously here in the U.S. in both the Congress, in both the House and the Senate. However, in Europe, they adopted it. Now, cap and trade is a kind of a carrot and stick approach where there's a reward for the, the government sets a certain level of carbon emissions for the industry. There's a reward if you're below that, but there's a punishment if you're above that. And and then over the years, as people start achieving, then they just keep raising the bar, right? So um, that adds a carbon tax to products. And that is where a lot of the negative, the angst really comes from in this country. But those those companies here have already are already uh, measuring their carbon footprint. They're, they are already taking steps to mitigate their carbon footprint because, you know, they don't want to have this carbon tax that's that's that impacts the cost of their product. Can you can Where, you tell us a little bit about the uh, the trading? Uh, do you know anything about this? The trading of these carbon credits. That uh, there's a whole market that that exists where uh, you know we're we're over abusers, so we buy somebody else's underuse, and they they kind of pay it. It becomes almost like a tax. But there's a whole market right. that exists. Could you just talk about that for a second? Yeah, so the basic concept actually is is um, we we can only mitigate a certain amount of our carbon footprint, and there's some of it that that we can't. So. What we do to become carbon neutral is we purchase what's called carbon offsets. So there are technologies out there that are taking carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. And those those uh, projects have, you know, get certified to sell carbon offsets uh, to two people who want to purchase it to to become carbon neutral. So. When when we when we became carbon neutral, and about it was about 2006 we became carbon neutral. Um, we had a, a carbon audit, 
uh, by a third party. And whatever we couldn't mitigate, we bought carbon offsets so we could be certified carbon neutral. Now, those carbon offsets came from a farm, a family farm in Georgia that was taking cow manure and through anaerobic digestion uh, was making methane. And that methane is used, which is like a natural gas, right? So that methane uh, was used to run a generator and the generator produced electricity for the farm and whatever excess uh, electricity was, was sold back to the grid. Now, those carbon offsets that we purchased, uh, except for fees that were charged in the trading of it, uh, that cost was was brought, was given to the farmer itself to help finance that that carbon project. That's what it's called, a carbon project. So all of this gets certified by third parties. Um, there is an exchange. There is a carbon offset exchange, uh, the European Climate Exchange, where you can purchase it. Uh, there was the Chicago Climate Exchange uh, in, in this country. Um, that was purchased by a company, I think, believe was owned by the New York Stock Exchange. So Dr. Richard Sandor, who conceived this idea, um, uh, founded both the Chicago Climate Exchange and the European Climate Exchange. And then within in the climate exchanges is this whole certification process of of of, um, of recognizing what is a carbon project, what are those carbon offsets, how do we trade them? Uh, they were they they also had um, uh, derivatives that they were changing that they were they were trading uh, with these carbon offsets. So um, it's an entire market within itself and. Uh, this is what makes the whole process work. Is it, is it working? I mean, is it helping companies to uh, stay compliant? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 helping it's helping companies, you know, in Europe to stay compliant because they would have to buy carbon offsets, um, and um, uh, and it and it helps with the funding of of projects, and that gives that incentive for people to to um, develop projects that will take carbon dioxide or greenhouse gases. Out of out of the atmosphere. So, can we, is, can we is, talk? Can we talk about any any particular programs, or you have any ideas about how companies can you know reduce their footprint from a manufacturing point of view? What are things that companies could be doing uh, that are that are pretty helpful that you know that could make it work for them? Uh, the biggest thing is about seventy eight percent of the greenhouse gases uh, are created by burning fossil fuels. So the lowest hanging fruit there is to develop is to uh, to install renewable energy. So whether it's solar panels, it's geothermal. Uh, the other thing is to reduce uh, energy consumption uh, for uh, do energy efficiency improvements, you know, in a manufacturing facility, for example. So um, then, then it's, you know, looking at, you know, transportation, how, how transportation is used within the corporation. Um, and, and having fuel efficiency, a more fuel efficient transportation, probably you know start adopting uh, electric vehicles. Now, when uh, you when you talk about transportation, are you talking about the company's transportation, like the trucks it has to move its products, or are you also including the employees that drive to work? Okay, so if the, because if the company has an incentive to do that, I mean, we're, we're talking about gasoline being six and a half dollars on the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, and and there's not less traffic on the freeway. It's, no, it's very surprising. 
that, right. you know, you know that you would think that uh, people would start slowing it down a little bit, but they just keep driving, you know? So uh, our company's incentivizing employees to slow it down because their, their commute adds to the footprint of the company. Yes. And the World Resources Institute breaks this down. So scope two, um, carbon measurements, has to do with the company's own transportation, right? What it's using, delivery trucks, um, air travel, all of these things. Scope three, uh, carbon emissions, is how the, how the employees are coming to work. So it could be encouraging or incentivizing your employees to take mass transf- transportation, for example, right? So that reduces the carbon footprint or, you know, more fuel efficient vehicles or electric vehicles. But, you know, so so um, all of that will impact the total carbon footprint of the company itself. So anything that the company does to reduce that, you know, with its employees also reduces the measurement of carbon footprint for that company. Yeah, this is a pretty um this this is it's quite a fascinating discussion and and I will yeah. I will say you're a very level-headed person. Uh you <laughs> you don't seem polarized like a lot of uh, what we see on TV and which makes me crazy. Um not that I don't believe it, but I think that they oversell the the the, the human part. I mean, I, I don't know. I think that we bear some responsibility. I think that that the planet is just changing. Yeah, uh, you know, we need to do it, but it also is problematic that other countries are still behaving badly. And that puts the United States companies at a significant disadvantage, which is uh, very troubling to me. Yeah. And, 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 you, can... and, you, and you, and you know, the extreme screams, right? So uh, you, you hear a lot from the extreme side of it, you know, I'm practical because I'm an entrepreneur, right? So, I mean, I get it. So I know that, you know, in business, you know, what regulatory uh n- new regulatory rules do to us in business. It, it costs us money in a business, right? So, and we try to run our business efficiently as we can. Um, but there are all these outside forces that that impact even the cost of what we do. So, uh, yeah, um, this is why Iceman, the system I develop, is unique and really different than anything else that's that's been developed out there because I talk about how in adopting renewable energy and how how reducing your carbon footprint can increase the profits of your business, right? So, uh, or it could you could the, the manufacturer could decide well maybe they'll reduce the cost of the, their product if this these cost savings are coming down to our bottom line. You know, competition in the market you know happens many different ways, right? So there are different attributes uh, that we compete with. It could be price, could be quality. You know, carbon footprint is is one of them, which when this index, because I'm working with government now to to implement this concept, because I know government is going to want to get involved. I've met with the EPA. I've met with the Department of Energy. I've met with a lot of our leaders, uh, legislators in Washington, and I absolutely have have no no opposition at all. Both sides of the aisle, you know, have um, have have accepted and 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 they love this concept because it's market based right and so in a free market economy when something is market based we can all wrap our arms around it and we can all support it because you know it has it has good it is a it's a good way to do things and and do you, do you find that um, these initiatives are cost productive in other words that they 
they not only save money, I mean, but they actually make the company better off. They're not cost centers in and of themselves. I mean, does that, does that bear out to be true? Yeah. And, you know, there's all kinds of secondary benefits to this too. You know, when you think about the burning of fossil fuels, right? So, and we talked about this earlier about, you know, other environmental issues. So when, when you reduce burning of fossil fuels, you're re- also reducing, you know, other parts of, of how fossil fuels pollute our environment, right? So um, just what you notice, you know, during COVID that the skies cleared up, right? So we didn't have that pollution um, and and that particulate matter, which, you know, impacts us health-wise too, right? So um, to reduce, to get ourselves off of fossil fuels actually makes a healthier environment. There's so many other benefits that we can see by doing this. And realistically, you know, we have the technology today to provide all the world's energy needs through renewable energy. So why don't we do it? It makes sense to do it. Listen, I, I, I think it makes sense too. And, you know, here's the thing. I, you know, this show, the promise of the show is to deliver, deliver the inside track, the best, smartest or fastest way to get something done. Right. Uh, you've certainly opened the door and shared a lot of that inside track with us. And whenever somebody does that, we call those people advantage players. That makes you an advantage player, and, and we appreciate you being on the show, sharing your insight. Uh, this is a controversial topic. I'm not totally right. sold, but, uh-huh. but I certainly believe uh, that the answer is somewhere inside of what we're talking about. So right. uh, I, I leave it to other people to uh, you know come up with their own opinion. But in the meantime, I, I absolutely appreciate uh, you being uh, fair and reasonable and rational. Uh, <laughs> good. Thank you. And, share, and, and sharing your insights with us. So. Thanks for being on the show. I I dramatically appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was a great discussion. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com. How about a shout out and a huge thanks to our podcast show producer, David Wolf, and the team at Autovita Studios. Profit from the inside wouldn't be possible without these wonderful professionals. To learn more or to find out how you can launch and produce your own podcast show, reach out to www.audivita.com. That's A-U-D-I-V-I-T-A.com. Produced by Audovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.